Hi, and welcome to episode number 29 of Basha's Thoughts. In the previous episode, we talked about metamorphosis, and we talked about the differences between the fall of past empires and what we are currently going through. And so we talked about the dwindling natural resources, the unsustainable systems that we have. We talked about global interconnectivity, the exponential technological growth, and with new key technologies allowing for decentralized organization and reduction of centers of power and thus corruption. We also played around with the caterpillar into butterfly metamorphosis process. And we asked, is there a hidden potential in humans, for some reason, that has not been allowed to blossom? What is it? And how do we make it blossom, if it exists? This is what I would like to talk more about today and hopefully tie it together with a number of different ideas that we have already discussed in previous episodes. So let us start with the idea of a dormant potential in human beings. One type of unrealized potential is perhaps what we tend to see as spiritual capacity and the idea of becoming a realized being, an enlightened being. Certain particular individuals have attained this, and it might even be true that times of moral crises spur on such transformation. Certainly, we have seen enlightened individuals, but they have been rather few. If many or most of us were to reach such an enlightened state, it might be seen as both an individual and societal metamorphosis. We could become that butterfly. And this type of transformation does indeed hold the promise of a truly collaborative society where all are able to focus on what they love and yet everyone prospers from it as a result of that creativity. But what is stopping us from going through with this change? Well, on an individual level, we can look inside of us. Why am I not realizing this insight? Maybe I'm too busy. Maybe there are too many obligations just to be able to survive. I just have too many things to do. Also, when we look deeper, we see that most of our actions are almost pure reactions. And not even to what is going on, but to our past traumas. Thus... Most of our actions are motivated by fear and induced by threat. Where is the felt imminent threat 
it's at an individual level, right? There may be more significant threats looming, but if the individual level threat is activated, a person might not have a broad enough vision to actually perceive the greater threat. It is a bit like scaring someone to jump off a cliff, for instance. What if we all realize that it is better to act for the good of all than for the apparently immediate good of ourself? What if we create societies where we will tend to act that way? Would that kind of solve everything for us? There are societies that are a bit like that already. Sweden is actually one such place. There are subtle psychological ways of control that are put in place very early in the upbringing of the individuals and they lead to a general compliance. Understanding that we need to do certain things for the good of others and therefore sacrificing our own individual well-being does not lead to connection with our higher nature or peace or an optimal system. Such a system contains a high level of internal shutting down and violence. The suffering is felt by the individuals, but it is considered normal and necessary because life is tough, life is suffering. And there is no other frame of reference for how it feels to live. And so people believe that they are in the best system ever. And there is no revolution. So knowing that it is good to act in a way that is best for all is not enough. Also, knowing this and using one's willpower sacrificing oneself is also not enough, even though it will outwardly look like a better society and it will have some internal benefits as compared to other societies as well. Well then, what is enough? What is required in order for an all-win society to work? There needs to be an actual internal alignment with the good of all. And what is stopping us from achieving this? Fear and threats. We may not be able to eliminate threats from our world. Mm, we try to. <laughs> And then we will often also try to control the outside world through this powerful tool of fear and thereby steer others in directions that seem less threatening to us. But what could prove much more efficient is to actually reduce the fear. Fear is our reaction to events. And as such, we actually have something to say about it because fear arises in us. And when 
does it actually arise whenever we identify with some limit? It is not when we discern a limit or a limitation, but it is when we identify with it and we start to believe that this is us, this is me. Whatever limited type of identity we choose for ourselves, we will guard its limits against possible threats. And so, if we identify with who we truly are, and not with a limited range of images or a particular image, then we will automatically not have any need for the fear to arise. The threats that may come at us will be empty ones. This is what I meant in the previous episode when I said that it is misidentification that seems to lie at the source of our problems. It is a piece that when it falls into place, many other automatically follow our need for external control of others diminishes to the degree of our identification with our real self. So, (laughs) no need for KYC when you've got KYS. Know yourself. The idea of wanting or trying to be good and worthy that comes with a trap, as we discussed in um, episode 19, falls away. This is because we inherently know that we are worthy and we act from that space. There is no need to fill anything that is ever missing because we are inherently abundant. We start with that. And thus the painful philosophy of doing to become happy that leads us into a life replete with suffering and only moments of ecstatic achievement falls by the wayside. The insightful cries of um, countless generations like crisis and difficulty catalyzing change and so no pain, no gain or whatever does not kill you, makes you stronger, or necessity is the mother of all inventions, and so on, can all be seen as arising within that particular philosophy. Indeed, the new philosophy is that of doing out of happiness, not to become happy. It is the philosophy of living life as a celebration This is a natural consequence of knowing who we are. It automatically, internally aligns us with the good of all, without waging internal wars. It allows us to look at deeply troubling issues with clarity and enthusiasm for finding solutions, as opposed to not wanting to see it or seeing it, but consequently becoming depressed and and unable to act. 
This can be seen as a spiritual transformation with immense physical consequences. But are we ready for this? We may require a transitional phase into it. A phase over a few generations, perhaps. And this is where I see that our current technological advances can be put to work in its favor. And our current crises in natural resources and system failures may actually encourage the design and evolution of them. One of the overall key design features of the new technology would be to inspire our spiritual evolution in the sense of learning who we actually are and living in a way that is congruent with such knowledge. But this has to be an internal transformation, not an external imposition under obvious or subtle threat. The transitional phase may involve removing some immediate fears, like that of survival, by allowing automation fueled by renewable energy and uh, kept up by computer programs. It may reduce the incentives for power and boost our particular creativity. The details of all of this will have to be studied, simulated, and tested. But what can we do right now to start moving along this path? How can we be helpful? There's an endless array of actions that we could take and they would probably mostly be based on what resonates with a person. It can be little practical ways of reducing the grip that fear has on us by reducing the activities that reinforce it in our daily lives. Maybe a little less TV would make a considerable difference for some people. Perhaps we could start with practices that make us more present and embodied and aware, like yoga or meditation. Meditation has actually proved to be one of the most transformational tools in my life. Or perhaps you would be interested in learning what types of character structures you have so that you can understand not only the underlying traumas but the distortions they caused in your subconscious and how they are now creating automatic responses for you. Seeing this will make it easier not only to see through and not react automatically, but actually to let go of your identification with any particular personality. For some more intellectually minded, learning more about how and why what may initially appear as a spiritual path is actually the next logical step in science. This may prove to be of value. I can leave a link to an article on this topic. As many of us believe in science, 
seeing that it is actually faith-based at its core and that we are now at a stage where we might do better by actually moving away from materialism can be helpful in our own personal identity transition. Learning more about the systems around us and how and why they work and what it is we wish to move toward can also be very helpful. Of course, trying to design new ones can be really interesting. But ultimately, the key will be to actually learn about who we are, to see our essence. And even if we have not gotten quite there yet, seeing that this is where we want to go and helping in whatever way we can to assist others in that direction already kind of makes for a pretty meaningful life. So the key to the metamorphosis becomes an actual spiritual growth. It becomes a scientific insight that moves us beyond materialism. By seeing who we are, we can achieve this transformation into a butterfly that is free. Because at that stage we all become free and we are all working for the good of all by actually focusing on what we love most. We become creative individuals because we don't just become reactive beings that react to threats and fear. Fear is greatly reduced. We do not live from it. Instead, we are able to respond and create such a society is possible, and individuals have shown us that it is possible to achieve it individually. And now we are at a stage where, technologically, we can also start to achieve this in different ways. We no longer have to endlessly worry about just being able to survive. That can be taken care of for us and we can design systems that help push us in the direction of our spiritual growth so that this transformation becomes complete. Thank you for listening and I look forward to talking to you in another episode. Take care.